Assalamu alaikum, this is Maliha Mahmoud. Welcome to Muslim Health Talk, a place to discuss natural ways of healing and health and wellness and finding that balance that the Prophet wasallam so beautifully um, provided for us. Episode number 14, how to get your teen to love to fast. As a mother of four teens and a teacher to only teens for many, many years, I, I feel like I kind of understand the struggles that Muslim moms, mothers of teens, are going through. When, we, when our children are really small, right, between the ages of one and maybe around, mm, I would say 12, maybe even younger, things are a lot easier, right? Our little ones look up to us. They believe in what we say, they are happy and chipper, and for the most part, they do listen to some of our instructions, right? I'm not saying that motherhood is easy when they are little. Each stage does have its challenges, but during the younger years, motherhood is difficult on our body. We are usually exhausted physically at the end of the day. When our children enter the ages of teen, um, they challenge us mentally and emotionally more than they do physically, right? They're more capable of doing their own things, so we're not exhausted. We're not as tired as before, but we do come to many roadblocks where we feel helpless. And the last thing I want to even see in other Muslim moms is that they feel hopeless. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always here to help us. There is always a way to reconnect with our kids. Um, so before anything else, and, and uh, you should always remember that du'as, a mother's du'a, is so very, very important, right? And it's so powerful. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to hear us asking him for help. So take that moment whenever you feel that anguish and, and really, you know, focus on, on speaking to your Lord and asking him for help. Now, um, I feel like I see both sides of the story or maybe both sides of the coin or maybe even three because I'm a mom of a Muslim teen. I have teen children um, and I see what they, how they interact with me. And I do interact with other Muslim teens that are really open and they, they, they're amazing human beings actually um, and uh, they're receptive and they, they are creative and they do listen and comprehend what I say and so it's not hopeless to interact with them but I think we as moms need to, and, and dads need to understand how we can reconnect with our teen, right? Um, in a level where we, where there is open communication and, and um, listening from both ends. Many years ago, mashallah, when I was asked to first teach our Muslim teens their religion, Islam, the head of the school had given me um, certain curriculums and ways of, and instructed me on ways of of teaching them and disciplining them. And I thought to myself, I kind of just pushed all that aside. And I thought to myself, there's no way, there's no way I'm going to start instruction 
when I don't even know who these teens are, when I haven't interacted with them, when I haven't gained their trust, when I haven't um, had them open up to me and, and just talk to me like, like on a human level. And I want us to, as parents, as moms, to also be able to do that. Now, I know when you look at your teen, you see this semi-adult person and you wonder what happened, you know, what went wrong, what didn't I do, why are they um, not interacting with me, why do they have uh, a chip on their shoulder, why do they ignore what I say, why is it that we're always bickering about every little thing that before when they were young they would automatically do. So I want you to really understand your teen for who they are, right? And you know, I I really don't like this word teen, even though everyone calls it that, because when we label our young adult, our youth teen, then we kind of put them in a box where we say they're un, they're difficult to talk to. They're they're, they don't listen to us. They are in some weird stage and hopefully one day they'll just come out of it. I would rather use the word youth because when we use the word youth, we can imagine that they are exceptional human beings, that they have amazing and creative, a creative side to them, that they can achieve anything if they put their mind to it, that they are almost adult, so we should treat them as adults and we should talk to them as adults, that they will be the future of um, Muslim adults. They will, they, are, they will be the forefront of Islam, of our ummah. They will be leading this community in a few years, not so long. They will take over our position for where we are and we're trying to struggle through, right? So when we think of them as amazing future adults that can do anything that's possible, then they will, we can imagine them as crowns are on our heads, not as burdens on our shoulder. And this is important because if you don't see them in a different light, then you won't want to make an effort to, um, to really get to know who they are. Now, I want you to realize that when they were young, they were easy to manage. But right now, our youth are, are going through a different stage in life where they're trying to figure themselves out, where they're trying to understand who they are, where they're trying to have an identity, um, where they're trying to figure out where they belong and where they are struggling to separate themselves from you because they've been attached to you for so long. And they have to separate because they want to be their own person. So, now before we even begin to discuss how we as parents can get our teens to connect with Ramadan and want to fast enthusiastically, we need to realize something very important. As our teens attend school and they interact with the outside world, the fact is that about 30% of our teen children do not identify themselves as a Muslim out there. Now you might want to wonder why this is happening. It's all due to the fact of misconceptions that they hear about their own religion. 
Now, this may occur in their school when a teacher makes a statement that is historically inaccurate and causes your child to begin to doubt his or her religion. If they hear that Muslim women are oppressed or that Islam is a violent religion, and then they come to the masjid and experience some sort of negative um, interaction or some sort of oppression, I guess you can call it, then they are more likely to believe these misconceptions that they hear. This is why, especially during the month of Ramadan, we as parents need to show our Muslim youth not only compassion, but kindness, and we need to let them know that we're listening to them, that we, we hear them and their concerns, and we are here to give them any assistance in the most gentlest way to help them get through fasting, to understand what it means to get through the month of Ramadan. Now, our younger children, our little kids, you know, the age five and six and even younger or older, they easily gravitate towards wanting to learn about the festivities and the festive month of Ramadan and fasting in itself because there's just so much um, fun things out there for them. Plus, they enthusiastically will do anything that brings them some sort of artwork or has something to do with um, songs and other things. So it's easy for us to encourage those little ones on board. But when it comes to our, our teen children, our teen children or our youth will want to know why fasting was prescribed as an obligation, as a fard, right? And why they need to fast, right? They want to know the details and they want to understand it for themselves. And I know that many of the simple answers, such as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prescribed fasting um, upon us so that we may gain taqwa, these, or that it's an obligation or that um, this is what we've been doing, is not enough for them. When your teen, or when your child becomes a teen and becomes a youth, you need to look at them in a perspective of being an adult, because they actually are, right? Not that you need to treat them an adult, but you need to at least speak to them in that way so that they can get intellectually um, challenged and um, realize that they are now thinking for themselves. So in this case, we need to use intellectual reasoning when with them in order to win over their beautiful intellect and their, their, their minds, right? And their hearts. Our Prophet loved the youth in his community and had them in the forefront representing Islam. When the Prophet sent someone to represent the Muslim community in the second migration, he didn't choose someone older. He chose one of the people of the youth, Jabir ibn Abdullah, and he had faith in him that he would take care of the situation and represent the Muslims. He sallallahu alayhi wasallam also made mashwara. He also consulted with the youth and respected their opinions such 
as when he, when the Prophet ﷺ was deciding between whether he should fight in Medina for for the battle in the battle of the trench or that he should go out of Medina and fight. And when he asked the youth, they all wanted to do the opposite of what he, what the Prophet ﷺ was hoping to 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 do, which is fight in the city. But yet the Prophet ﷺ put his faith and his um, belief in the youth. And we kind of need to put ourselves in that same mindset. We also need to speak to our youth in a manner where we make them feel important, just like the Prophet ﷺ did. So if we were to have a discussion with our teen, um, I would start by explaining to them that there is so much wisdom in any and everything that our Lord has prescribed for us to do. Fasting is one of these things. Muslims have been fasting for over 1400 years, but recently science has proven that fasting is very important for optimal health and longevity. They call this intermittent fasting, but you know, it's very similar to the fasting that we do in the month of Ramadan. It follows the 16 plus hours of abstaining from food. Maybe in that their situation, they, they allow for drink, but it's, it, it follows similar um, uh, things, right? So your teen may wonder like, why must I fast? It is really difficult for me and I have to go to school and it might harm my body. And so um, we need to we need to explain to them that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, first and foremost, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this gift of suhoor meal, right? That we wake up in the morning right before Fajr and we take this blessed meal and not only are we or are we gaining energy and stamina and it helps us throughout the day of fasting, but we also re- are rewarded for what we eat during suhoor. But besides that, there are physical benefits, including dramatic weight loss when you're fasting, all while maintaining muscle and increasing muscle tone and muscle density. There is also a huge improvement in your vascular function as well as that it improves the way you look, it improves the health of your nails, the health of your hair, and many other things. All of these positive effects occur because of the nutrient uptake that happens while you are fasting for 16 plus hours. Basically, you have these physiological functions that occur because of the catecholamines, which are adrenaline, epinephrine and norepinephrine that allow your body to tap into fat stores but but preserve your muscle you get all the benefits of fat loss weight loss without losing any muscle at all so that's the physical benefits there are also mental benefits to fasting when you go on an extended time without eating your brain goes into survival mode. Now, this may sound bad, but it actually is really good because when your brain goes into survival mode, it becomes hyper-focused because it preserves the energy for whatever task is at hand. So instead of having all of these extra thoughts in your head, you are now able to focus on what you really want to focus on 
And so you can choose what to do and whatever you do do will be done proficiently really well. Whether that means you are studying for a class or you are learning something new. The other benefit of fasting for your brain um, or the other benefit of, of, of the positive benefit for your brain while you're fasting is when your body produces ketones during your fast, ketones is something that is like brain food, brain fuel. The third thing that happens um, to you is on a cellular level, right? There is also cellular rejuvenation, which occurs during your fast. When you are fasting, something called autophagy occurs to your body. Autophagy is the process where old cells get eaten up by new cells and it makes the new cells into a stronger, more powerful, and more efficient cell. This makes you live longer. It improves all your organs, organ functions in your body and um, all around, you know, really well and, and, and healthy. Now, once we, we win over our teen with these arguments of intellectual, I, I say intellectual stimulating arguments, your teen um, is now ready to want to discuss the practical aspects and the fun things we can do when we are in the month of Ramadan and, um, and maybe even before the month of Ramadan, before the fast starts to prepare for Ramadan. So a few of the practical things you might want to think about. From, first, I would say, think about, pick a masjid, uh, pick a mosque that you want to take your child, your teen, your family to, but that you know will welcome your youth, right? And take them there for either taraway or qiyam at night, but make sure you remember to make it fun for them, to make it enjoyable for them. Um, remember that that they are young and they see things very differently. Like we are adults, right? And we've come to a time in our life where we value and understand our deen, our Islam, alhamdulillah, only because of the experiences that we've gone through, right? Um, of the ups and downs in lives, and then we appreciate something that is valuable. But our children, our teens, may not necessarily have, may not have learned these lessons because they're too young. So we need to be very gentle with them in approaching the dean. We cannot be strict about how long we expect them to be in the masjid with us, um, that they need to stand for taraway for 20 rakahs, um, especially when this is the only time or one of the few times we are encouraging or taking our teens to the masjid, right? So we want to we want to make sure that you discuss um, your plans of what you want to do, when you want to go, what they would like to do and get their input as well. Try to make every effort to build a beautiful connection for them with the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And Ramadan is probably one of the best times to do it because there is so much 
so many beautiful programs going on. Uh, for the most part, um, many of the people are in a happier, in a more joyful mood, and they want to make an effort to welcome the community in. So take advantage of this time. Number two, you want to take them out um, for suhoor and or iftar, right? I remember a few years ago when a couple of my children became old enough to fast and we wanted them to have a beautiful experience the way I've had when I was when I was young, uh, since it is their first time fasting, right? It was the summertime and it was really, really hot. So most of the day we were, we were stuck indoors. So we took the opportunity to get out into the fresh air in the evening where the heat had hadn't gone down quite a bit and it cooled off and we made sure to find out if there was a place where we could take them for suhoor literally for suhoor and eat but you have to um, plan ahead you have to call the restaurants that you know the burger halal burger joints that you're aware of and find out if anyone is offering suhoor what the time is um set up a time, make sure that they know that you will be ordering on a certain day because they only take a few certain amount of orders and um, take care of that ahead of time. And then, um, you know, uh, take your kids there. They'll enjoy it. They'll they'll love having burgers for, for Zahor. They'll love having some sort of fast food, some sort of yummy treat that they want. Um, we did this a few times. We did it at least once a week. Um, which which only makes it four times during the month of Ramadan. And to this day, my kids still reminisce and talk about those wonderful uh, iftars that we spent in a restaurant. And of course, we kept it on the weekends because we know school days are really difficult, but Fridays or Saturdays are the best to do. So make sure you take your kids out, let them enjoy a really good meal, whether it's suhoor or iftar. Another practical and fun thing you might want to do is watch the seerah with them, right? Engage your teen with the story of the Prophet ﷺ, the most greatest man that ever lived. Um, Now, I know many of you might have mixed feelings about watching seerah, but I must... uh, you know, you mustn't worry because the movie version of the Sira, whether it's cartoon version, never dip or it's just, you know, real people never depicts the Prophet himself. There are many to choose from, but the one which my children and I enjoy watching every Ramadan actually is called the Umar series. Um, and it is it is produced in, I believe, Qatar and it's done very well. And so you you get a diff you get a version you get an understanding of the seerah through the eyes of the Khalifa Umar anhu. Movies um, have an amazing impact on our teens because they they watch movies on a regular basis, right? And they can relate to things better through movies. This is not a movie. This is a I think a thirty part series. So you don't have to watch the whole thing, but you can watch part of it and they can get an idea of how the battles occurred, how people would interact and dress and just a better understanding of the Sira when you watch it. You could also listen to the Sira, right? There's many um, podcasts online, YouTubes, 
YouTube where scholars have explained the Sira in a beautiful way. So when you're fasting and you have, you end up with a lot of time during the day where just you're kind of just relaxing and sitting on the couch, why not use this time to just have some syrup plate in the background, right? It Make sure not to overwhelm them with it too much. 30 minutes a day, I think, is more than enough just to listen to it. Another really great place to have the entire family listening to Sarah is when you are driving somewhere in the car, right? You might think that it, it, it won't work, but it, it's actually a really great way for, for everyone just to listen and, and take in all the information. There are, so there are many to choose from. Um, one other new really cool thing that people are doing is taking their kids to the beach or by the water uh, or some some place in nature or maybe park around the time of Suhoor or Fajr. Now, you don't have to take a meal there, but if you're blessed to have either the beach or the bay or some sort of body of water close to you, it's it's really nice and it's a hip thing and a cool thing to do for your teen to go there um, with them, right? Since the weather will be really nice this time of the year for almost anywhere you live during Ramadan, uh, why not pl plan more outings during the time of prayer, during the time uh, and be in nature to do these beautiful acts? Uh, so uh, number six, right? So now, you know, before we even plan these events and other things, you can have your kids, your teens take part in decorating the home. Now, most of us moms think that this job of decorating and preparing the home and making it pretty is just for us. But I feel like every single person in the household should be made to feel important and asked to help out, to make the house more festive, the more make the house more, more beautiful and happy. I believe that family traditions, when you include family to do things with you and you continue to do it every single year, it becomes a family tradition. These family, small little family traditions really bring family together and they remember it every year and they want to do it even though you don't remind them, right? It's just a tradition that, that, that just brings love and joy. And decorating the home for Ramadan is one of these small little things that we can do and, and stays in our hearts and minds of our children forever. But we need to remember that our children are being raised in a world where holidays are a big deal. We see it every time we go to the store, every time we turn on our computer. We're not trying to compete with Christmas or anything like that. But like all kids, our children also need to have a sense of belonging. And holidays bring families together. They instill family tradition and value, and they make memories that last a lifetime. And they, they make you feel like you belong somewhere. And that's a beautiful thing, right? Loving, uh, having a loving family and community that, that, that comes together. So our religion believes in this. And so 
So we must make an effort in the most creative way, in the most beautiful way to bring this alive in our children's lives so that they can fall in love with Islam and be proud to be a Muslim, right? So a few things um, we can discuss when we want to, now that we've covered like the scientific reason and the practical fun stuff, we want to be able to give our kids a little bit more, right? Our teens, um, we want to give them the spiritual aspect of it. And we can all do it in, in, in our own way. But a few things that maybe you might want to think about is if your kids ask like, what, what is Ramadan? Like, what is it supposed to mean? Yeah, I understand fasting. Ramadan literally means burning. So it's the process of reframing from food and drink. The process of reframing from food and drink is a burning sensation. It is a detoxification that occurs in your body. When you feel the pains of hunger, the annoyance of thirst, then the pain of, of getting a headache because you haven't eaten, it is because of what is happening inside of you, right? Um, your mind is being cleansed and scorched and it is the reason why you are able to think clearly and focus right in your stomach the acid is being removed from your body the cleansing the cleaning is happening all throughout your body sometimes you need to go through some sort of endurance Uh, you need to push yourself a little further right maybe you need to run an extra mile lift a few more pounds right? To become, to come out stronger on the other end. So if we continue to fast for 30 days and we break our fast with healthy meals in the end, we have performed a total detox throughout our entire body down to every single cell. And we will come out at the end of the month, a newer and super improved body. So, mashallah, like it's one of those things that people who are really concerned with their health will work out, will wish that they had this as a regimen placed in once a year, right? But we, mashallah, we're blessed with it because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what we need and um, implements and places that for us to do as an obligation. I think it just takes us to figure out the reasoning behind it, the wisdom behind it, and accepting it, right? So on a normal day, we usually refrain from things we are told not to have, right? Things that are sinful. But in Ramadan, we are actually asked to refrain from things that are lawful as well, such as food and drink, right? We refrain to, th- to stay away from things that are unlawful and lawful. Here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us to discipline teaching us discipline and balance um, to not go and not to go into extremes, even with the things that we are able to have and enjoy, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us balance. If we are able to abstain from both, both of them, the, the lawful and the unlawful, we have just proven to ourselves that we are way stronger mentally and emotionally than we ever thought we were or we could be, right? And we now can avoid temptations any time of the year. 
it's it's not such a big deal. It's actually a piece of cake for us, right? We have the power and the will to do so, especially with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves us and is always there for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually boasts about us, right? You, you need to kind of explain this to your kids, teens, or maybe even have them listen to this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the young, the youth, and he boasts to the angels about them when they do something that is pleasing. Imagine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the world, boasting and remembering us um, to in a gathering that's even greater than us, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the young even more than you and I who have been through issues and know what's right and wrong and now we can we can choose the right, right? Because the youth are at their prime, right? They have the highest capabilities, they have the highest intellect, they and they are um they have they're the beings with the most energy, the most focus, the you know they can do anything that they want. They can choose to, um, you know, become the president of the country. They can choose to go to a very difficult medical school. They can, they, they have the stamina to, to accomplish almost any goal that they choose. And if they choose, if they choose to stay away from the wrong, right, temptations, and they choose to do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ask them what would please him. Why wouldn't Allah be so proud of them, right? Why wouldn't Allah want to reward them immensely? So the youth, when they do good, are, are really, I think, they're rewarded even more than, than we would be. Because of their innocence and their capability, they choose the right way. So mashallah, like, this is like a message we really need to get across to our young. They need to realize the love that Allah has for them. When your your teen or your youth has completed 30 days of fasting, mashallah, you should praise them. You should maybe even place some sort of um, reward for them. I mean, I know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the reward himself, right, for fasting. But maybe just an incentive um, especially when this is their first year of fasting. Maybe you should give them some sort of incentive. It doesn't necessarily have to be something materialistic. It could be something where you go on an outing as a family. So it doesn't have to be something that you give to that one person. But at least I've, I always believe it's important to have an incentive. If you want your children to memorize the Quran, if you want your children to finish a if you want your children to do something that you, that makes you happy and Allah happy, giving them an incentive is important, especially because the road is long and sometimes they might start by working for that incentive. But while they're doing it, the act of fasting, the act of reading Quran, the act of prayer, whatever that might be, in the process of doing it, they will fall in love with fasting they will fall in love with pleasing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they will find joy in reading quran and they will forget the you know they will that incentive won't feel as important just doing the act will give them that um 
motivation and that uh, drive to do it. But sometimes with the young, we need to give them um, an incentive just to have them start off on the right foot, right? Uh, Start off wanting to do it. So um, when uh, when your child is done and they're rewarded for, for 30 days of acting, fasting, um, we know that when, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because he is so generous, when we, when we want to do a good act, right, when we want to do a good deed, we're already rewarded. When we actually do that good deed, we're rewarded double. Right? This is not the same for someone committing a bad deed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us that if we make an effort to fast, even though your child, your youth, your teen might think it's very difficult, if he even just makes the effort, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us if I crawl to, if we crawl to him, if we slowly walk to him, he will come running to us. Now, what does this mean? This means that when we make the intention and we take that first step, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help us finish what we plan to do. So we just have to make the effort to start. This is a good motivation to get your teen to believe that he can do it, right? And we all know that during the month of Ramadan, it's such a blessing that um, when the Prophet would be seen coming out right before Ramadan, he would smile so much that his the Sahabas, his companions would ask him, Ya Rasulullah, why are you smiling? And he would tell them that it is because my Ramadan is approaching. The month of purification, the month of endurance, the month that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us with 700 or multiple, you know, whatever he chooses, exponential amount of reward for a good deed, for one good deed, right? And so um, we want to take advantage of this and remind our kids how special this month is. And that even though we might think that we can't accomplish certain things other times, there is a blessing in Ramadan. When I fast in Ramadan, I feel like the fast goes by really fast, especially after the first seven days, because your body takes about seven days to get really used to it. Then you become so used to it that it becomes simpler and easier. We want to also have good habits, right? When we're opening our fast, maybe we can have our our young people, our teens, do some research and find out what are the best things to open our fast with. Um, you might want to avoid all those pakoras and um, any sort of cultural food dishes that we have because they're they're filled with a lot of. I mean, they're it's nutritious, but there's also a lot of um, fat and way too much carbs that we we don't really need in our body after opening up a fast. Uh, one of the best ways of nourishing your body is with fruits and vegetables because they have a high content of water which we need after a long days of fast but a even more nutritious thing to take in is bone broth and it's really easy to make bone broth um you you know you take your the bones that you have from the meal that you've eaten and you put them inside of a an instapot and many of us have one of those fill it up with water put some salt 
a spoon of apple cider vinegar, of, um, grate some uh, onions, and just cover it up and leave it for like many hours, as long as you can on slow cook. And that will take the nutritious um, nutrients from the bone, and that actually helps your gut, right? When you avoid eating food and you're fasting all day long, your the the inner mucosal layer of your gut becomes, um, you know, a little bit weak. And in order for you to protect it from any sort of damage or acid, you want to take in bone broth because bone broth allows your gut to absorb things a lot better. Another thing we, we, we want to do is we want to avoid combining fat and carbs when we're opening up our fast, because when we do that, we allow the cells to open up and take in all of it, which means that we are now storing fat inside of our body instead of actually burning it quickly and using it as energy. Um, many of our young enjoy working out and they might want to know like, what do I do? Because I can't, I'm, I'll be too tired to work out. I'll be too tired to do this. But believe it or not, when you are fasting, one of the best things to do is maybe go for a walk with the family right before, maybe right after fudger, right before you open your, you, you open your fast. Um, the little exercise that you do when you are on your fast makes a huge difference on toning your body and um, keeping away the fat and making you, you know, stronger and, and, and just helping you, your body overall. So the little we do is better. And, and with family, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and easy to get by. So I hope all these little tips and ideas help you engage your youth to want to love to fast, to encourage them to look forward to it, especially the scientific reasons behind it, but even the spiritual aspect of it. Um, I pray, inshallah, that we are able to bring our families together in the month of Ramadan to have them benefit from this blessed month and to be able to um, please Allah in the way that he would be pleased with. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining me, Maliha Mahmoud, on Muslim Health Talk. Please do check us out. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and our website, muslimhealthtalk.com. Assalamu alaikum.